Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In today's prophecy update, Pastor J.D. will share with you about what the Bible has to say about the end times. The Bible says that believers in Christ will know they're in the end times when they're living as it was in the days of Noah. Looking around the world, it's safe to say that Jesus is coming, and very soon. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 17, 2022. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Why? Because of the finished work on the cross. There's no curse. There's no wrath. There's no anger. He took all of the anger, all of the curse of sin, all of the wrath on Him, and He went willingly to that cross. And He paid the price for us instead of us. And that's why today, and you've let the enemy get away with this, it stops right here, and it stops right now. Nice try, buckaroo. By the way, I checked. It's not, a, it's not bad to say buckaroo. I think it's uh, Mexican for a little boy, but I digress. <laughs> So this, uh, one last one, the Passover, which is what the resurrection is a celebration of, because Jesus was the Passover lamb. He fulfilled the Passover prophecy. You remember the Passover, the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn son? Hmm. And if you had, by the way, I hope you'll stay with me and to the end. I have something so powerful I want to share by way of a testimony today concerning the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. So the Israelites were to take the blood of a Lamb that was without wrinkle, spot, blemish. They had to inspect that Lamb for four days. The exact amount of time that Jesus was on trial found to be without sin, without blemish. And then they would take that lamb, that innocent lamb, and they would slit its throat and shed its blood. And they were to take a hyssop branch, interesting, a lot of typology there. They would dip it in that blood and they would put it on the doorposts of their house so the angel of death would pass over them. They would be saved. And that blood on the doorposts of their house was top, basin at the bottom, left and right in the shape of a cross. So here comes the angel of death, 
You got the cross. You got the blood of the Lamb passes over. So this pole that Moses takes this bronze snake and puts it on is in the shape of a cross. Just as Jesus was put on that cross to pay for in the finished work of the cross. And it even gets better because the snake was horizontal on a vertical pole. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the cross is there. How do I get there? The first five are vertical, the second five horizontal. So here's Jesus, fully man, fully God. Man, horizontal, God, vertical. And this was the only way to be saved, slash healed. Jesus is the only way of salvation. There's no other way to the Father except through Him. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man goes to the Father except through me. And one more thing on this. Again, it's not exhaustive. I would encourage you, if you're into typology, this is a fascinating study. But can you imagine the Israelites as these fiery serpents are biting them and killing them and poisoning them and they're dying? And then Moses says, you guys, all you have to do is look at that bronze serpent on this cross and you'll be saved. Well, that seems foolish. Ah, the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. You, wait, you mean to tell me that all I have to do is by faith, as, as foolish as it might seem, is just look to that serpent on that cross and I'll be saved? Yeah. Yeah, it's that simple. Seems foolish, yeah? Well, to those who are perishing it is. One last one, and this is where we're going to kind of get into the, the matter at hand, if I can say it like that. The serpent on the pole became an idolatrous symbol. It had to be, they started worshiping it, actually. <laughs> and so too, the modern day medical symbol is corrupted and idolatrous. Notice, very interesting, two snakes? Hmm. I don't know where these wings came from or what they're about, but it is one snake that is hanging on a cross. And they've corrupted it and turned it into that which represents modern medicine. If you'll kindly allow me to, I'll do my best with the help of the Holy Spirit <laughs> to explain how all of this is actually playing out in the world today. So by way of a preface, 
I need to proceed with the presupposition that you understand, as we just read, that this is all about the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman, which, by the way, women don't have seeds, they have eggs. That is a prophecy about the birth of the Savior. The woman is Eve. From her seed would come this virgin birth, miraculously, of the Savior of the world that would ultimately and finally crush the head of the serpent. Are we good? Do you, you get that, right? This is between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. Now, with that understanding, it's important to also understand that Satan has attempted from the very beginning to corrupt and alter the human DNA with his seed. Why? To render man no longer human. I know I run the risk of an oversimplification when I say this, but the reason Satan attempts to do this is so that the seed of the woman, Jesus, could not come from a pure human lineage. Were he to have succeeded, he'll never succeed. He's going to try again. He tried to thwart the first coming of Christ, and certainly he'll try to thwart the rapture and the second coming of Christ the same way he did in the days of Noah. So he's trying to alter the human DNA, not only to thwart the coming of the Savior, but moreover, man was created in the image of God, and as such can only be redeemed by the Savior who was both fully God and fully man. It's for this reason, yet future, please, please, yet future, not now. When the mark of the beast, not now, when the mark of the beast is forced on people, great and small, rich and poor, and they take that mark, they are condemned for all eternity. Why? Because it is the seed of the serpent altering the human DNA of man created in the image of God. It is believed that the human DNA actually has not just the name of God in our human DNA, but it is actually the code. And the name is the nature. We are made in His image. He created us in His image with human DNA. 
So Satan is trying to corrupt that with his seed, as we just read in the aforementioned verse, Genesis 3.16. Okay. Enter this Stu Peters interview with a Dr. Brian Artis on Monday that since has gone viral, as they say. No pun intended, I guess. But after viewing it, I reached out to Mike Montgomery, who is Stu Peters' pastor at Calvary Chapel Red Wing in Minnesota. By the way, pray for Stu Peters. Pray for this Dr. Brian Artis as well. So I asked him to ask Stu on my behalf for permission to share this. I also wanted to know if there was a uh, transcript. I wanted more documentation. And by the way, we've uh, provided a link to this video and also uh, others that I want to mention here in a moment. So for those of you who have not yet viewed this, I would really encourage you to do so. According to Dr. Artis's research, there is compelling evidence that this so-called COVID-19 virus is actually king cobra venom poisoning. Now, for those of you like me who want to see the documentation and want to vet it, that's a must. We've also included links to Mike Adams' three interviews. It's about three hours in length. It's on Brideon, and he goes into great detail with very detailed documentation. Now, please know that I've spent the better part of three days vetting this. Actually, last night I spent quite a bit of time on this as well. And while there are many questions that still remain unanswered, I have to say that his research and documentation seems credible. So again, I would really encourage you to take the time for yourself and do your own research on this by virtue of the implications of this. Suffice it to say that if true, this is a game changer in every sense of the word, and for a number of reasons, not the least of which is what we just got done talking about, the scriptures we just got done reading, but even more importantly, what Jesus said about the days of Noah, specifically that it would be like it was in the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, so too will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So one need look no further than to, again, the book of Genesis, to know what was going on in the days of Noah. Oh, Genesis chapter 6 says there was gene manipulation of the human DNA vis-a-vis -vis the Nephilim. 
to corrupt the human DNA. And this is why God destroyed and judged the world the first time, save Noah. And this is why we're told, and bear with me, I'll do my best again by the help of the Holy Spirit. He always helps me. I think the Lord feels sorry for me, so He has to, but it's it's unfortunate, I guess, for lack of a better word, when you're reading it in the translations of the English language, because you miss what it says in the original. There's a very interesting word that is used to describe Noah. It says that he was upright, or righteous, or perfect, as some translations render it. Well, that word in the original language of the Hebrew Old Testament is the word tamim. It's very similar to the Arabic word in my native language, tamam. What does that word mean? Well, if you were to ask me how I'm doing, and I were to respond to you in Arabic, I would say something to you along the lines of, kul ishi tamam. What did I just say? Everything is perfect, intact, complete. And then it even gets more specific, because of Noah we're told that he was intact, tamam, tamim, perfect, complete in his generations. Again, unfortunate, because that word can be translated genetics. So let's read it like this. The reason why Noah and his family were saved is because their genetics were still intact and had not been corrupted or altered. They were still intact genetically. So they're saved. Well, fast forward. Jesus told us that it would be like it was in the days of Noah and the evil in the days of Noah. The things unspeakable, it would, it would be like the Apostle Paul said, it would be, it, it's, it's unspeakable to even speak of the evil. I mean, fast forward to today, are you kidding me? So there, there's a rather lengthy list of things that you can compare in our day to the days of Noah. And I think what you'll find conclusively is that we are living in a day that is exactly like it was in the days of Noah. Down to even this. And doubtless there's going to be a lot of discussion, and rightfully so, concerning these findings. And of course there will be those, you know, it's always, for me, the litmus test, especially having been on the receiving end of this kind of thing, when you can't refute the content, you attack the character. Be very discerning, please, especially in this regard. 
absent evidence to the contrary, this could very well be exactly what's going to happen. And if that's the case, and this is like Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, then I ask you in all sincerity, as lovingly and as humbly as I possibly can, how close are we? I truly believe that we are so close, but I truly believe that at any moment the trumpet is going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. All of those loved ones that went to be with the Lord, absent from the body, present with the Lord, they're going to have their new bodies first. And then we who were alive and remain, Paul writing to the Corinthians in chapter 15, I think it is, verses 51 and 52, I'm probably wrong. He describes it as really a metamorphosis in the original language where we put off corruptible in the twinkling of an eye, not a blink, twinkling. I mean, it's, it's a fraction of 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 a second to put it into perspective. We're going to put off our old bodies and we're going to get our new bodies. That alone, can I get a witness on that one? <laughs> we're, going to, we're, we're going to get our new bodies. And we're going to meet the Lord in the air. Listen, what I'm, what I'm speaking of here, what I've been teaching for many years here, this is true. This is not pie in the sky, again, no pun intended. <laughs> oh, we'll be in the sky. I hope there's pie. I love pie, but this is real. I'll even take it a step further and say that the rapture is more real than the comfortable chairs you're sitting on here today. That's how real it is. And that's how close it is. See, God doesn't want us to be ignorant concerning His return. And again, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But this is why we end these updates with the gospel, the good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what the word gospel means. Good news. Your debt has been paid. You're free to go. Wait, what debt? What payment? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Oh, you didn't know? No, that's the good news. Well, in order for the good news to be good, there must be bad news. Oh yeah, there's really bad news. I know this isn't proper English, but the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. And such is the case with the gospel. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, 
but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.